Hello and welcome. This is Couples Counseling for Parents, a show about couple relationships, how they work, why they don't, and what you can do to fix what's broken. Here are parents. Our dad, Dr. Stephen Mitchell, and our mom, Ann Mitchell. Hello, and thanks for joining us today on Couples Counseling for Parents. I'm Dr. Stephen Mitchell. I'm Erin Mitchell. On today's episode, we are going to talk about how to navigate the moment in your parenting partner relationship when one of you says to the other, eh, I don't think we're doing okay, and I want to get some help. And then your partner responds, eh, we're fine. Things aren't that bad. I think it's important at this point to just check in. <laughs> Has um, this ever happened to you? I bet it has. I noticed in my body. So this is not um, the podcast where Stephen and I say that like we have our own conversation here. Like that's not what we're talking about today. Um, but I noticed my whole body tensed up just then. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I think it's an uncomfortable conversation. And I think it's a, a very common conversation between parenting partners and so, couples. So right. I think it's important to notice like what what do you notice? Is there anything happening in your body? Like my gut feels like. Right. Did you have this conversation earlier today with your partner? I, Did you have it last week? I, um, I, yes. And yeah. and which partner um, in that do you tend to identify with more? Yeah. Um, I think this, you could be both partners. Maybe sometimes you've been one, sometimes the other, but largely this conversation tends to be one partner feeling like they are doing more of the pursuing hey i would like to get some help or i think we should talk about something and the other partner tends to be more the person doing some of the withdrawing which is saying oh it's fine we're okay i think right. we're okay yeah and so if you notice there there often is kind of a dynamic of pursue withdrawal and that kind of comes from um, emotionally focused couples therapy is it's a uh, modality of couples therapy and it talks about oftentimes uh, couples can get in this cycle of pursue withdrawal this is a this is a particular conversation where that can happen. One partner says, "I don't think we're doing okay." The other says, "I think we're good." And they, and it and what happens is it just becomes a cyclical pattern of I don't want to go too far down into that, but I do mm -hmm. think it's worth noting. So the word pursue, mm -hmm. I think culturally tends to have sure. really good like kind a positive of, yes right. like more oh, positive mm -hmm. right. yeah, and yeah. withdraw tends to be like super negative yeah. yes is that true would you say that in this site no okay no I, I i think what what i would say and i think it does you know and we'll we'll talk a little bit about this i think it has to do with attachment styles the the pursuit the pursue is i might um i might if you were going to relabel terms, them yeah if i was going to relabel it i would say external and internal that's right i think there's I think generally right. a per, like in a in a relationship um, someone uh, who is more external kind of looks to someone else and says, hey, there's a problem. And they kind of externally say, like, let's do something about it. Th which can be a good thing. Which can it be can a good thing. It can have some negative sides, but right. it can also be good. It's neither good or bad. It's just a the way. way. A way mm -hmm. of being and relating. And then I think there's there's others who are more internal who when there's stress or when there's kind of distress, whatever it might be, they tend to be more internal. They're not external. They're not necessarily trying to connect with someone else. They're trying to more connect with themselves. Well, I think um, the way that I've heard you say this a lot that I've always really liked is they go inside, like I'm my 
own best resource to help with this, right. which is a good thing because right. we are a good resource right. for ourselves. And the externalizer says, you are my best resource to help me. I don't have any resources. I need... They can say that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So both have some positives, both have some um, points Negative of, expressions, right. I yeah. wasn't going to say that. I was yeah. going to say some things to sort of focus on and be aware of. Um, but yes, I, right. I think... Um, so one person tends to be more external. One person tends to be more internal. Right. And and you can have different, you know, you can and have two people who are mm-hmm. more internal, two people who are more external. I think what we're talking about is this is a dynamic that we hear a lot of couples right. talk about and express difficulty with. And so, and we just happen to be one, one of, of them, the, one of those couples <laughs> as well. Um, and, and so that's why we're specifically talking about the, this pattern. Yes. Right? So at the very outset of it, I think it's important to check in, like I said, do sort of your body scan and to wonder which one feels more like me, which one maybe mm-hmm. feels more like our partner and try to proceed with the rest of this um, discussion with some objectivity like without yeah. as much judgment as you possibly can. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, so if, if Aaron and I think about it for our own relationship, cause we definitely have this, um, we've had this pattern, uh, take place before, like, and usually it's like, there's some kind of stress, whether it's just simply the busyness of, of living life and being parents and working and, trying to, you know, have friendships or, um, you know, it could be like specifically there's, you know, we're dealing with some, uh, sadness or discouragement or, um, some kind of loss or grief in the midst of these things. I think whatever the scenario is, what's, what seems to happen is that we both find ourselves consumed with the present moment and not paying attention to one another. And then from that kind of that experience of, and I think that that's what kind of leads to this feeling of disconnection or, um, you know, there's something wrong. Generally, Aaron will, she, as the external kind of quote unquote pursuer, uh, I think external is a better, uh, description. She will say, Hey, I don't, I don't feel like we're doing so well. Like, can we refocus here? Can we get some outside help? Can we do this? Can we do that? Um, and when she expresses that generally by, you know, it's been 14 years and I still generally respond to the exact same way, which is, Oh, we're good. It's not that bad. And then that is where, um, problems occur. <laughs> so I, I couldn't agree more, <laughs> but also I think there were a couple points I wanted to make or some questions I had. So I thought I, I like when you say we get consumed with the present moment. The part that feels a little different for me is when you said and we stop paying attention to one another. I think that is different for the internal person than it is for the external person. I think oh. in stressful moments, the external person, me, stops paying attention to myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or I get consumed with the sadness or something, but I, I sort of lose us. Right. Like our dynamic, myself. Or you, I, I, but I can highly focus on what you are or are not doing. Right. And so so this is the thing. The external and the individual, it's about regulation, right? So So they might look outside of themselves to something or to someone to help them feel calm. The internal individual, in terms of regulation, might you. look, which would be me, yes. Uh, would look to themselves to help themselves feel calm. So they're going to, that's that, that's why it feels like withdrawing yes, and it and feels like per, pursuing exactly. from the external. But, but in the end, it's really about like, I'm trying to calm down 
and I'm doing it this way. I'm either focused totally on you and not thinking about myself at all. Or, or our dynamic even. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm totally focused on myself and not thinking about us others. Or, or me. Us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yes. So I thought that was the only, like, I, I think what gets lost is the relationship yeah, and dynamic. Exactly. And, mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and then you said too, after 14 years, you still have that. Um, yeah, I still response. say that I pretty much every time. So yeah. I think what's important to note too is after 14 years, I often say, I don't think we're doing well. We need help, which is also <laughs> not quite the invitation I mean. Sure, sure. So, well, well, and I think that that's a huge, because what happens in this dynamic, so you say, we're not doing well, we need some help. Mm-hmm. That obviously is because you're feeling a sense of vulnerability somewhere, right? Correct. About something. Yes. But the the approach um, can feel threatening. So right? I, I think what's important to note is in threatened people can feel threatening. So, um, you know, when I'm feeling scared, I can become scary and say things yeah. like, we're not okay, we need help, which doesn't maybe sound scary to you, but it sounds scary to Stephen. Yeah. And so you may not feel like telling your partner, we need we need marriage therapy, or I want couples counseling. We need to do something. Right. You may or we just need a date night, or we need a. I mean, whatever it is, whatever the the help is. Yes, right, sure. It right. Doesn't have to be counseling, right, right, right. Um, but I do think that that is often where things start to feel extra, um, right. extra scary, extra vulnerable, extra threatening, right. because it seems well, what what does that mean then? Like, we're not okay. Like I'm not, you're not, we're not what? Yeah. So, so you kind of lead with something that isn't necessarily invitational. That could because be, I don't feel inviting. Right. I feel scared. So right. I can come off scary. But, but at the key of this, but at the base of that is the vulnerability. Exactly. Feel scared, right. Yes. And so then, so Aaron comes feeling scared, but kind of coming in strong and hot, which right? I don't, um, I would not say that objectively, but I do know after 14 years, it feels that way to you. Sure, sure, sure. So, that you're coming in a little hot. Yes, right? I yeah, don't. Yeah. That is not at all my intention, but I right. I can see right. how based on my story, based on your story, based on attachment, that it does feel that way. Well, and this is why it feels coming like coming in hot to me, right? So I ha- sort of have this internal world, this internal message of don't mess up, do things right, don't fail, you know. Try harder, be perfect, that kind of thing. This is just a (laughs) this is a little glimpse into the to the world world that uh, Stephen that's happening for me on most days. And so when Aaron comes and says we're not doing well, I think we need to get some help. And she might come in with a little bit of you know uh, her tone might be a little uh, kind of terse or um, even her posture, whatever it might be. She comes in like that. So I hear that. And it does feel threatening to me because I'm like, oh no, I'm not doing something right. I'm doing something wrong. I'm not doing it perfectly, whatever it might be. And that is a really vulnerable place, scary place for me too. And so my response though, is a threatening response to Aaron, which is we're fine, which is super dismissive. It's not like I'm screaming or yelling and it's not like Aaron's doing that either, but, but notice that both of us are not responding to one another's vulnerability. What we're doing is we're heightening that sense of fear because of the vulnerability. So I say, we're fine. We don't need help. And that feels very threatening to Aaron because she's like, but I'm, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to say we do. And if you don't think we do, then, oh no, like 
we're in trouble. Yes. So I think ideally the how relationships work part would be the couples would be able to lead with the vulnerability mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. I mean, you started with what you could have done better and how you responded to me. But I think ideally the person who does notice first, because usually it is one person who notices first mm-hmm. um, or maybe who notices it all, because that is also assuming that eventually Stephen will come to see right. you're right. I and never honestly, notice. You, I, and you I, wouldn't I mean, even agree. You're never going to come and be like, yeah. you're right. Now that I think about it, we're not okay. But that's right. not the point. We don't have to agree here. We just have to hear each other. Right. So for me to be able to communicate my vulnerability, you know what? I'm not feeling okay. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling overwhelmed. And I feel like we're not as connected as I'd like to be. Right. That's that's the the layer deeper yeah. in, in, the, in the vulnerable part. That has nothing to do with Stephen. That is mm-hmm. kind and compassionate. That is... It's a little more invitational. It uh, is mo- the invitation. It's, it is the insight into what's happening for me and what I long for. I long for connection. I would like to do something to make it seem like, oh, I know there's a plan or strategy in place that's going to help to soothe this right. uncomfortable place I feel. Yeah. And I think in that, you know, my the, the ideal response, you know, on my end would be like, you know what, like, I, d- I don't necessarily feel that way but it's really important to me that you do like say more about that like like what's going on and um and not and so not being overcome by my own fear of not doing things right or feeling like a failure or what you know feeling like it's just one more thing that I you know I got to do you know wh- whatever it might be but but saying like oh like I want to I want to understand that so I mean ideally that would be great Oftentimes it doesn't happen because there's the, these places of vulnerability and feelings of threat. So again, let's assume that I led with the, we're not okay, we need help. And you led with, we're fine. Right. I think that at that point, then what I could say is, you feel like we're fine? Like you're not feeling disconnected. Right. You don't feel the, the weight of this stress. Like, could you tell me about that? Or yeah. help me understand. Not to say, well, I do. I'm sorry right. you don't. But or something like you don't. You never care. You never pay attention. You're so like stuck in your own head. Yada yada things. I mean, I I just I don't know. Where I you'd mean, be sometimes those. those things. Yeah. So so I mean, I think that and, and I how this relates again to to attachment and personality and those kinds of things is and we kind of touched on it in terms of um, how people regulate their stress. Right. Aaron and I regulate our stress differently. She regulates her stress by being more external with it, by looking around, hey, what can help me kind of feel better? I regulate my stress by saying, I'm going to make myself feel better and kind of checking out or just sort of checking in with myself um, in, in kind of an which, extreme which manner. Which feels checked out to me. Right, right. And, and both of us, so both of us, that that's fine, but both of us have to find a place to kind of like come back off of the extreme. Right. So, so I've got to find a way to like come outside of myself in for you. And I think you, you gave a great example of it. You've got to find a way to get inside into yourself and you being able to say, Hey, I feel scared. I'm feeling this. That's an insight into my world. Yes. Mm -hmm. That, that is a really crucial step. The external person has to be able to go internal and the internal person has to be able to come external. Right. And that it doesn't feel like it, but it, that is the middle ground. Yeah. And, and then I think, you know, part of the, the, the way it relates to, to attachment is, you know, I, I kind of have more of a, um, 
dismissive or avoidant attachment style. So kind of the way I tend to come to relationships is a bit um, uh, disengaged, um, a, a little more self-focused, a little more, you know, I kind of, I could take it or leave it, right? You know, I, I can, I don't need any help here. I, I can do, um, I can take care of things myself. And so that plays into that internal way of regulating um, stress too, because um, when things get stressful, I don't necessarily think, boy, I need some help uh, from other people, or I want to connect with other people. I just kind of say, I'll just do it all myself. Now, that's not a healthy thing um, <laughs> at, at all. Don't worry. It right. didn't sound that way. That doesn't sound super mm-hmm. healthy to everyone out mm-hmm. there. But but that but that's based on sort of that experience, that attachment experience I had of, of feeling from my caregivers that, you know what, I'm going to have to take care of myself here. Right. Um, I think, honestly, though, to some extent, I do think that that is true across attachment styles. I think most attachment styles, you feel for me that I think I can't take care of it myself and I need you to help. Mm-hmm. I think I'm just being resourceful. Right. And that is how I'm taking care of myself. So right. I think that idea yeah, yeah, yeah. of I can take care of myself, I think that's universal. Yeah. Th- and I think that that's, there's just a universal sense of not feeling safe and like, I'm going to have to do what I have to do. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I yeah. think that that part, but how we do that, I mm-hmm. say like, who can we call? What can we do? What do we need? What, right. you know, what can you do, Steven? What do you like, like in, in terms of, um, well, I think of pooling all resources. And mm-hmm. again, I think that this is resourceful. So in right. my mind, I'm like, let's call everybody we know. Let's do all the things. Yeah. Um, and you're like, whoa, we're not that bad. Right. We'll right. You're like, there. we need to do this, this, right. Yes. Exactly. So I, I can sort of sound the alarm, which is helpful. I mean, right. this dynamic actually is great in some ways because someone does need to be paying attention. Yeah. But at the extreme, the alarm can be really, really, really alarming. Right. And the, the kind of attempt to tone down the alarm can be very, very, very disengaged. Exactly. That's that's, exactly right. And I think that that's the cycle that happens. And that's what a lot of couples are working against. They're like, whoa, you're turning it up too much. I got to turn it down. And I say, if you keep going away, I'm going to have to keep turning it up. Right. Right. So, and that is what we're trying to talk about here is how to, to find each other in that and to not make each other feel like you have to turn up or turn down. Yeah. And so I think the first thing, like how how do you kind of fix this dynamic is, is curiosity is a great, great alternative to, um, uh, allowing, yeah, defensiveness to come from threat. So the, when you feel threatened, you're going to want to be defensive, but I, I would say, try to counter that by being curious, huh? I'm, I'm surprised that that's maybe how you feel like, like I I want to, I want to get that. I want to understand that. Oh, I'm surprised. That's how you feel. I want to get that. I want to understand that. I think for the external person too, for, so for those of us who are feeling the, I, I want to connect with you or I miss you or I'm long, I'm longing for something more. I think the first part of curiosity, even before we bring that to our partner is what's going on. What are you feeling? Like, what right. is the feeling? Yeah, yeah. Are you scared? Are you sad? Are you whatever? What What are you um, personally, not just relationally? Yeah. And bringing that, bringing the vulnerability because of the curiosity first right. with self. Right. Yeah. Curiosity soothes threat. 
and defensiveness. It, yes. it really does. So, so I think and that that's threat threatening or threatened is threatening. Yeah. And that is a terrible cycle and it's exhausting and mm-hmm. it feels mm-hmm. unending. Yeah. And so, so it's being aware of that. And then I, then I think the second thing is you've got to like, you've got to define your terms. Yeah. So I think, you know, some of the trigger phrases here are is we aren't doing well. And I think we're fine. I think those are very, very nebulous, broad terms. We aren't doing well. Does that mean we're getting a divorce? Does that mean, yeah, you just, you know, feel like there's some, some, uh, things that we could improve on. Does it feel like if it keeps going this way, I'm out here. Like what, what, what does that mean? Right. Because Um, me saying we're not doing well could mean, so I'd really like a date on Thursday right? and you meet me saying I'm not doing well. We're not doing well to you could mean like, are we getting divorced? Like we're are we done. splitting up? Right. 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 Like so, it, it's it, you. So, so say what you mean. If you don't feel like you're doing well, like define it. Um, I've been feeling really scared. I've been really sad. I, I would like to feel more connected to you. I think it's more about what you would like. Yes. Um, you know, expressing that hope, expressing the desire. I, I'd really like to feel more connected with you. We've been so stressed. Life's been wildly busy or we haven't slept in weeks. Right. I really miss you. Those types of things rather than, I don't think we're good. Like what? And and then I think recognizing, I think we're fine is just a, one of the most dismissive things that could, that could be said to, to say the word fine <laughs> feels so dismissive in, in a lot of ways. And that's not the intent. That's not necessarily my intent. But what my intent in saying I'm fine is, is to is to make things feel more calm. Right. And so to make me feel more calm. No, I, I think a lot of times it's to make me feel a little, yes, which will help me feel right. more calm. So, so I, I think, think the thing, so I think the thing to say there for, from my standpoint is like, whoa, okay, like. This seems important to you. Yeah, that seems important. And I feel really concerned because that's true. I feel really concerned. Like, what are we talking about here? Um, Help me understand. Because that's really, at least in my world, or, or and I think in a lot of others, is is what's happening. It's like, oh, I, I feel worried well, that about you what said you've that. just said. Yeah. So I think we are fine, just like we're not doing well. There's other people have different replacements. Yeah, yeah. Whatever your mm-hmm. and if you don't know, are. ask your partner. Yeah, <laughs> they know. I don't like when Stephen says, "I think we're 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 going to get back there. We're just stressed right now. We're going to get back there." Right. I always feel like we're going to get back there if we do something to get back there. Like we don't just get back there. <laughs> um, that's my version of we're fine or it's right. okay. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. We're okay. I don't. I don't think we're that bad. That right. those whatever the replacement term. I do think it's helpful to know, like you said, to define your terms. What is the thing your partner says that activates that threat in you? Yep. Um, and to know that. So for me to come to Steven and say, um, I don't think we're doing okay. I know to for him, he hears, you need to try harder. I know that. So that's not helpful because that's not right. what I mean. Yeah. Um, so I think, yes, define the terms and, and agree on some terms that you know will... Right. What can be our, our cues to curiosity, Cue, exactly, not, yes. not defensiveness yep. and, and threat. And then I think the third thing is you have to do something. And most likely, the person that feels things are the most dire should be listened to. And in a sense, quote unquote, win the yeah, argument. Yeah, because both, 
both people should be listened right, to. Right. But what you mean is believed. Like, yeah, um, okay, like, I I don't feel that way. And not just not just believed. It, like condescended to? Yeah, believed and then not just sort of condescended, but believed and engaged. Okay, you think things are, are you're, you're, aren't that great and you want some help. I don't feel that way. But guess what? It's important to me that you do. So I want to engage with that. I want to take you seriously. I want to, um, yeah, do you want to talk to somebody? Okay, do you want to go on a date night? Do you want to take this course? Do you want to listen to this podcast? Do you want to, you know, do you, whatever, whatever it might be that that person is engaged in understanding? Because, well, because they're a person who is expressing something, so yeah. that alone, but also not listening and trying to convince them of something, trying to convince anybody of a reality that is not theirs is maddening and yeah. it will continue to escalate. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think one of the most, um, one of the most enlightening things for me and in, in this discussion for us is when you say that you're, you're feeling that way. Um, and Wait, so you're saying when, when I when, say, yeah, I'm when Aaron, like, when Aaron like says like, connection. yeah, and I don't, I don't necessarily like connect with that. I mean, and I know it sounds maybe like, yeah, no kidding. Like I think about it. I'm like, she really means it, even though I don't understand it. And just kind of telling myself that because I'm like, I, I don't have to feel the same way you feel for something to be true. Correct. And you don't have to, I don't have to feel exactly what you feel either. Like we, we have to allow each other to, to have those experiences, but we have to take each other seriously. Right. And, we, and, we never have to agree. Right. You and, don't have to come. I mean, we have couples who come meet with us all the time where they don't both feel in the same place. Right. In fact, more often than not, one person's like, honestly, I think we're okay. Or I, I didn't right. know it was like this until, right. but, but like it's here or what. So, and, and I don't need you to try and convince me that things aren't great because guess what? I don't feel that way. And I don't need to try and convince you that things are, are better because guess what? You don't either. Right. I just need to say, okay, what can we, what can we do? And we can do that, do that mm -hmm. and, and move forward. And I think what then begins to happen again is, is you're at that place where there's curiosity taking place and not defensiveness and threat. Because if I'm engaged with what is happening for Aaron, guess what? She will, in that process, she'll be engaged with what's happening for me and, and we'll be understanding one another in a different way. I really like that. So the curiosity, the understanding and the action, because that is the place where I think some couples pause. Yeah. Or, where they're just like, well, I'm not doing anything because I don't agree with you. Right. Or you better do something. Or we have to agree, agree to take action. Like, right. we, But I think you don't have to be in the same place to take action. You you have to just say, okay, right. I, I, I don't, I'm not where you are, but I validate where you are. Yeah. And I, I think a, a big part again, too, is being engaged in the action that you're taking because you care about each other. Right. You know, okay, you're having an experience. I'm not, but I care about you. So I'm going to be engaged here. Um, okay. Like you don't think things are bad. Fine. Oh, that's fine. That doesn't mean you're a terrible person. It doesn't mean you don't care about our relationship. It doesn't mean that you, whatever it is, it just means you're in a different place. That's, and I want to try and understand it and we can be engaged with each other and trying to understand and do something different. Um, and I, and I think that, you know, it, that, 
this is a challenging conversation because, again, it's such a vulnerable conversation. Absolutely. Yes. And I think that that's the thing to keep, to keep in mind, that this conversation comes from a place of vulnerability, which is actually a really great place to be and start for couples. It doesn't, um, you might feel like, oh, no, it's coming from a place of disaster. Things are terrible that we're having it. But no, you're, you're having it because you're wanting something and you're trying to express that to your partner and your partner's wanting something and trying to express it to you too. It's just the communication lines are kind of clogged and there's a way to unclog it, to be curious, to understand the terms that you're talking about, and then to do to break this circular conversation that can often happen. Do you want help changing how you and your partner communicate about feeling vulnerable? Do you want to learn how to be curious rather than defensive? Our Couple Communication 101 course is a perfect fit for you. You can find the course on our website at createyourcouplestory.com or on Instagram in our LinkedIn bio section at Couples Counseling for Parents. Again, that's createyourcouplestory.com or at couples.counseling.for.parents. Today's show was produced by Stephen and Aaron Mitchell. If you're enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe to the show and leave a rating. This will help others find our content more readily. And as always, we're grateful for you listening. Thanks so much for being with us here today on Couples Counseling for Parents. And remember, working on a healthy couple relationship is good parenting.